0: Season three, episode three, Club Soda and Salt. First question, Mm -hmm. does Club Soda and Salt actually work to get a stain out?
1: That is literally the first thing I had written
0: down. It's got to be the first thing you're going to write down. I would think it would work, right?
1: I don't know. I've never tried it. It
0: seems like the way the guy in the restaurant does it, it seems like it works way too well, though. Like, you take a white couch and pour coffee on it. Is it really going to come all the way out just because you use Club Soda and Salt?
1: It makes me want to pour coffee on my couch.
0: I, it really does. I mean, I'm not going to, but if I had club soda and salt on end, maybe I'd pour it on something else I care less about.
1: I feel like every time I watch this episode, I make a note to myself.
0: Like to try next,
1: Yeah. Like the next time I see a stain, I'm going all club soda and salt all over it.
0: So we'll get back to you. That's obviously both of our first notes. Um, Next thing I had uh, after the restaurant mm-hmm. back, Um, Larry's brushing his teeth. Charles ready for bed and he starts talking about how he f- found the perfect sock. hmm. I don't actually think it's that interesting a conversation. My question is, is this a Seinfeld reference that episode where Mr. Pitt spends a whole episode having Elaine try to find him the perfect sock mm-hmm. and she can't go. I think Jerry and George are going to AC for the weekend and she can't go because she has to find the perfect sock for Mr. Pitt.
1: Yeah, I remember. Um,
0: I, I, I don't it's know. It's probably not. I don't I actually don't think it is, but I wrote it down.
1: I have no idea. I didn't no make one. the connection, but no I one. wouldn't be surprised oh, if it well, is. That's
0: why I'm here to make those seinfeld curve random connections.
1: Okay, so before that, I want to back up a tiny bit. When Larry and Cheryl run into the couple who they didn't buy a wedding gift for, Ed and somebody else... Did you notice that Ed calls Larry Lawrence? He calls him Lawrence? Yeah, he calls him Lawrence.
0: Did not, did not catch that, actually. Which is I thought was a great
1: David? little bit of improv by him.
0: Lawrence David?
1: Because that's that's Larry David's real name, it's Lawrence.
0: has got to be the only time it's, he's ever called that on the show,
1: though. Yeah, it, I think it's great, because like, it just completely shows his distaste for Larry at the yeah. moment. Nobody they, calls they were, him Lawrence. They are not
0: happy with the Davids <laughs> at, the, at that point.
1: So, let me get this straight. They went to the wedding, but they didn't bring a gift?
0: Apparently, and then... Didn't get something off the registry, which is the easiest possible way to give someone a gift. You don't have to do anything but click a button online. And then how, gave a gift 14 months later.
1: How can you go to a wedding and not bring a gift? Well, you don't even bring a
0: gift. You just order something off the registry. Like,
1: yeah, well, but if, like, yeah, I
0: guess you can show up with a gift. I, I, yeah, you'd really think she's like, clearly I can see Larry showing up to a wedding without a gift. Like, you'd think, I'm really shocked at Cheryl that she let that go down.
1: Cheryl's on top of this stuff.
0: That's that's a Cheryl thing. Like that's I mean that's not a Larry thing. So yeah, I don't know. So it's, it's it's bad uh bad etiquette, I guess. Terrible etiquette. So this is gonna fast forward back to that conversation. past the sock. <laughs> okay. I, I bet you wrote this on too, is Larry gets so excited over that stain. Like he's thrilled that he knocked over that cranberry juice so he can try the club soda and salt trick.
1: Larry is so thrilled.
0: Like Even this is the best thing that could have happened to
1: him. Do you ever notice that, like, when Larry and Cheryl are in bed together, they just have this very awkward acting chemistry? Hmm. They they seem very awkward about it. I did not notice. And it's like completely like it's completely out of mind when Larry gets out of the bed and he yells, "Where's the salt?" Uh,
0: yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I'm actually but never so ex-
1: excited for this thing.
0: Be, being awkward, he's so excited for the scene. And then when he comes back, it's, this has always been one of my favorite curve lines. I'm not even sure it's that funny. Maybe I just think it is, but he's, he's running back up. He's got like, he's got like a pile of folded towels in this yep. arm. Person. He's got like eight whole towels that to clips in the salt. What he says is, I hope I'm not too late. That's the only thing I hope. <laughs> I've always loved that line. Like, I don't know why he's like saying it's the only thing in the world I hope is that I'm not too late. Like, it just always gets me.
1: So we have right after that. One of my favorite lines in the episode actually comes from Jeff. When somebody compliments his shirt. Did you have this written down? Well, this is
0: at dinner at Ted Danson's. Yes,
1: at dinner at Ted Danson's. House. When Larry says
0: it's a nice shirt.
1: Yeah, Larry says it's a nice shirt. And did you catch Jeff's response?
0: Uh, I think I did, but I didn't write it down, so you go.
1: So his response was, my mom got it for me. She dropped it off at the office.
0: Yeah, yeah. But, hmm. Why, I, why, what's a good line about that?
1: Just the just the idea that Jeff's mother buys clothes brings, from him and brings clothes to him at the office.
0: Yeah, I guess I see what you're saying. I didn't See, I remember going to that conversation when when they start talking about the shirt. I was like, I got excited in my head, I was like, ready to take a note. Like, this is going to be a really good convo. Like, Jeff's shirt, Larry Jeff. And it, I, I didn't write anything down because it wasn't as good as I thought it was going to be. And then Larry asked Jeff, like, what kind of material it is. And I think he's like, well, I don't know. And he looks at the sleeve. And like, he's kind of funny about it, but I don't know. I didn't take anything of note that much into that.
1: So why is it only the three of them at this time? That,
0: that, I wonder that for a couple reasons. One, like why aren't at least like, you'd think they'd bring their wives. Maybe like, I guess Jeff isn't back with Susie yet, but uh, Cheryl, Larry might bring Cheryl or Ted might have, uh, what's her name? Mary right there.
1: Mm-hmm. But then yeah,
0: why aren't one, the other investors, Michael York, Hugh Mellon, um, the other guy who I don't know his name, and, or, and, like, two, then, the restaurant managers. Why aren't all of them there?
1: Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. There's so like, many people at these partner meetings.
0: It, it kind of seems like somehow it's been, un, like, this unwritten, or not unwritten, like, unsaid thing is happening. Like, Larry's now the head investor. Like, Larry's making the decision somehow. Like, that, was, that never seemed like it was agreed upon before, but it kind of seems like the way it is now. When the chef quits, he tells Larry... Um, like Larry's in charge of finding a new chef Like Larry says, final apparently When did that
1: happen? I, I don't understand why Larry has so much so much To do here He's yeah. clearly a terrible choice
0: So once the three of them Two, I don't know if you noticed the actual food on the plate But I spent a lot of time trying to make out what they were eating
1: I got baked potato and cantaloupe
0: I, I got baked potato too Um, Which seemed a little strange That this chef is trying to like cook the meal of his life To impress them, and he makes a baked potato But mm-hmm. regardless of that there, Larry's, what was Larry's complaint? Too saucy, right? There's no noticeable sauce of any kind on Larry's plate. I paused it. I rewound it. Like, you can see the meat. You can see the vegetables. You can see the potato. There's actually no sauce. So that means, one, that's just bad uh, prop work. Or two, there was a lot of sauce and he ate it all, which seems like it's his fault.
1: It just looked like a terrible meal altogether. It,
0: it, it did look like a terrible meal. And I really liked when Larry's, um, when Ted brings Josh out... And he said, asked Larry what's wrong with it." He says, uh, "Too saucy." And Josh is like, "Any anything else?" And Larry's, like, eh, "No, not really. Just too saucy." Like that, like because too saucy like isn't a reason, you know? Not no, not at like all. you can just cook the same food and put less sauce on if everything tastes great, but there's too much sauce. You just put less sauce on. I just I just love that.
1: And the other thing that really. Just confuses me about this whole thing is that running a restaurant kitchen is so much different than cooking so, a dinner for three.
0: Yeah, I, I thought the same thing too, but I don't know. They might not be the food experts that that we
1: are. Okay,
0: but they're the ones in the restaurant business. Um, so so the next ne-
1: notes that I have are about uh, buying the buying the actual the late fourteen month late gift. Yes, for a wedding. Yes. Uh, and I loved Larry's idea that they shouldn't get them a nice bottle of wine. They should get them a nice piece of fish. Of
0: course. <laughs> Why don't we get them a nice piece of fish?
1: That kind of reminded me, actually,
0: of the Season 2 Episode 1 whale blubber joke. Yeah.
1: It's just so <laughs> ridiculous.
0: It's so ridiculous. Why don't we get them a nice piece of fish? She always doesn't even give the time of day. She doesn't even respond.
1: What, what is a nice piece of fish?
0: I don't know. I don't need fish. Well, okay. if you were to get a wedding present, it was a piece of fish. What type of fish would you want? Like,
1: What's um, good? Sable I mean, can be very expensive. Sable, sable can be very expensive.
0: Why? Do you want like an endangered fish? Maybe. I don't no, know. Like it's, black black market, like a cruel
1: piece of fish rather than a nice piece of fish.
0: Yes. Okay. I don't even know what a sable is. What about like a swordfish?
1: Sturgeon. Sturgeon is really expensive. Sturgeon. Super expensive. What type of fish make caviar? All fish. Sturgeon can make caviar. Okay,
0: get a caviar-making sturgeon fish then.
1: That, yeah, <laughs> you need to learn learn a lot about fish. A
0: nice piece of fish. I wonder, like, if later in life, or if, like, we have a bunch of friends that all really like curb. Like, what if for a birthday or something one time, I just get one of them, a piece of fish?
1: You should get them that for a wedding 14 months later.
0: It's <laughs> actually true. Uh, all right. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to keep that in mind.
1: So what is the cutoff for a wedding gift?
0: I have no idea this is way out of my ballpark, but a year makes sense, doesn't it?
1: I think it kind of but but if you went to the wedding,
0: you'd really think like it'd be like three months honestly.
1: if you went to the wedding, it's it a week wedding. after the wedding yeah
0: I mean a year is more than generous. like if you can't get you clearly don't want to give them a gift you don't like the people if you can't give them a gift in a year. so I, I don't know. I think one note to have to back up is when Larry and Cheryl are driving to the store, mm-hmm. one of a gr- my favorite Larry lines also of all time is when he says he doesn't feel like he has any personality in that seat and he should be driving in the passenger seat.
1: Yep. Larry has so good. much personality in the passenger seat.
0: Good, good line. Yeah, you'd think he would. Um, no, and he that's does. what he puts on the radio, right? And you get to this, right, the the, the Al Green mixtape from Brad. Uh-huh. Right. right. Okay. So then when they're in the car the next time, that's when Brad calls, right? When Mm -hmm. they're on the way back. So Brad calls, Cheryl says, oh, Larry's in the car, and Larry gets mad at the end of the conversation. She had to tell him Larry's in the car, right? Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm.
0: Now, season one, episode one, The Pants Tent, the first major thing that trouble Larry gets into, he calls Jeff. Jeff doesn't tell him he's on speaker, his parents in the car, and he makes the Hitler joke and everyone gets mad at him. And Larry screams at Jeff, you always tell what... You have to tell when you're on your own speaker. So, hypocritical Larry rules right there. Caught. You following me? I'm following you. Okay. So, like many things, Larry rules actually only apply to when they benefit Larry, not actually for the sake of the fair universe and
1: good etiquette. You know, talking about contradiction, we have several ultimate curve paradoxes in this episode. I didn't catch any of them. Okay. Well... Actually, we only have one. Okay. Um, But it's kind of a big one. And that is, and I didn't catch it earlier in the season, Chef Randy. The one who Uh, quits.
0: Okay, stop, stop. Oh, oh. Is he John Malica?
1: Nope.
0: Okay. God. Yeah, he is familiar. Uh, Give me a hint. Give me a hint.
1: You don't actually see him.
0: Ever in Seinfeld? No. You just hear the voice?
1: You hear his voice. He also was like a production assistant on... Over 20 episodes of Seinfeld. Yeah, okay, So he right. clearly knows Larry David pretty well.
0: What context do you hear his voice?
1: Um, the moops. Ed.
0: What? What?
1: Wasn't it the moops? Oh, he's the bubble boy? He is the bubble boy. Oh, it was the mooks, Yeah, the mooks and the moors.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's the bubble boy. Huh. Good work. How'd you put that together?
1: IMDb is uh, uh, Curbcaster's best friend.
0: It's true. I do it by memory. I don't I don't know. He's it
1: also out. in sour grapes. So this is ultimate ultimate.
0: Okay. Alright. Let's bring it back. Let's finish up the episode before we get too far off track. Yes, yes. Too long. Um so Larry Paradox on the speakerphone. Um I thought the woman calling the cop was actually completely ridiculous. Like I understand like for the sake of like the plot they had to get to this point, but that was just so far fetched, didn't
1: you think? Yeah. And I didn't realize that woman is uh, Sarah Silverman's sister.
0: Oh, she did look kind of familiar. What's her name?
1: Laura Silverman. Laura? Mm-hmm.
0: Interesting. So Laura Silverman calls a cops, not even knowing it's Larry, just thinking a car is following her, and then it's him. And then at the end, like, at the end scene, it was kind of funny how it all came together, and, like, Larry's getting choked out and trying to, like, stop Brad from feeling up Cheryl. But it's just, like, I don't know, sometimes it's just way too far-fetched for that all stuff to come together like that. Like, they're not all going to be in the same restaurant then.
1: No, it did kind of come out of left field. It was one of those moments where, you know how I love those curb endings that just all sweep together. But this one just didn't work that well, I didn't think.
0: Yeah, because it was just
1: too, it was so forced. It It was so forced and so fast. It was so
0: far, so fast, and that woman was such a non-part of the plot. You know, like yep. they didn't bring, It wasn't the beginning, like it sometimes is. Like she came in like two thirds of the way through. She was so irrelevant, and then like I don't
1: know. So then, in fact, you really just like you see her one or two scenes before that. The best curb endings are the ones where they bring back characters that, that like, they almost first forgot scene. about. Yeah, yeah, from yeah, from the, the first, first or like, scene.
0: like first three. So, okay. <laughs>